God is at work through His local church and through the teaching of His Word. This morning on MyBridge Radio, we are pleased to share a favorite message from New Life with campuses in Kearney, North Platte, and Ogallala. Here's Pastor Jeff Baker. Today I want to talk to you about trust and how your, your trust in God affects your security or insecurity, how trust in God affects that. And uh, trust is an interesting thing because it's got multiple layers to trust, right? Multiple layers to trust. And trust is affected by a lot of different things. Relationship, as an example, affects trust. And let me give you an example of what I mean by that. Like, who is that person to you? So if it is your spouse, then, man, look, I'm just going to tell you right now, with your spouse, you should trust your spouse 100%. Come on, somebody. You believe that? <clears throat> That's the way it ought to be. If you can't trust your spouse 100%, you've got other issues going on. And, it's all, and I'm not even joking about that. Uh, that would be serious, right? So who are they to you? It could also be, like, let's think about, like, a cousin. Uh, in your family, how many of you guys know that every family's got a crazy side and every family has a stable side? So in your family, it might be, hey, don't trust the cousins on dad's side. You can trust the cousins on mom's side, right? You see what I'm saying? Uh, and so it could be that. How much time have you spent with them? Over time, the more time you spend with a person, the more you get to really know them. The more time you spend with them, it can lead to trusting a person more, but I mean, it could also backfire and go this the opposite direction. Experience, experience affects trust. Here's what I mean by that. Um, like if you go through a tragedy with somebody or you go through a difficult season with somebody, you tend to trust that person more. If you've walked through the thick of it all, you've walked through the fire with a person, you tend to trust them more. Experience. The, the more you have in common, you tend to trust a person more. Because you're, you're kind of like, look, I know what it took to walk this road to get to this spot. And if we have all this in common, then that means that theoretically you walked a very similar road. Therefore, I sense a closeness with you that I don't sense with others. That can build a trust. Commitments and promises. Commitments and promises have the ability to build or destroy trust, right? I mean, if I make a commitment to you and I keep that commitment, then it's like a bank account. I, I get a couple of coins put in my bank account of trust with you. But if I, if I fail and I don't come through with my commitment or my promise, wow, not only can I lose some of those coins, but man, that, that whole bank account could go down to zero. And how many of you guys have experienced that, right? We've experienced that in our life. Lastly, character uh, can affect trust. In fact, all day long, 24-7, um, seven days a week, every hour of the day, every minute of the day, every second of the day that we're around, people, people are seeing our character, and they're deciding whether they're going to trust us or not trust us. And when they look at our character, they're looking for things like this. Are they humble? Okay. Are they humble and are they honest? Because if you are, you're going to get trusted. But if you're fake and you're self-seeking, then you're not going to get trusted. But if you, if you sincerely build others up over time, sincerely build them up, you know, want the best in them, and people see that in your life, you're going to build trust. But if they see you talking about others behind their back, and it, all you are is a big gossip machine, then I'm going to tell you, every time you talk about one person behind their back to the face of another person, the person you're talking to, by the way, you're losing trust with. Because you're talking behind the back of another individual to your face. You're always losing trust in that relationship. You think it's bonding you because they're, like, they're agreeing with you and they're going, yeah, that's right, I can't believe that. No, you're actually losing trust because here's what's happening now. The next time you're in a private conversation, guess what the person's thinking? Are they talking about me now? So everything in our life is either building up trust or it is eroding or destroying trust. And one of the things I've noticed in ministry is that most of us live in a very shallow end of trust. 
If trust was a spectrum, most of us live in the shallow end. And the reason for that is because few of us have real deep relationships. Until you have a real deep relationship, you don't get to go to the deep end of trust. But that's not where we live. We live in transactional relationships instead of authentic, transparent, and real relationships. Transactional, like you do this for me, I do that for you. We're at work together. You do that piece and I'll do that, I'll do this other piece. Transactional, I'm your neighbor, right? Hey, hello, hey, hello back. Relational, transparent, open relationship is one where you know, you, you've actually been to their house. You actually know their life. It's more than just the transaction of what happens at work or over the fence, right, at a neighbor. Uh, it, it's beyond that. It's beyond the cordial handshake in the, in the lobby. It's like, I know you. I, I'm in your life. Like, I've been to your house. We, we do life together. Few of us have relationships like that. And because few of us have relationships like that, then few of us know what real trust actually is. So we live guarded lives. We live lives with masks on where we want to project a certain image to other people, but it's not the real image of who we are. It's a false image. And we can do that when you live in the shallow end of trust. And we enjoy that because we want people to see a certain thing about us. Am I, am I stepping on any of our toes or am I just stepping on my toes? I wore, I wore boots today because I knew I was going to step on toes. And I was like, wow, i got to protect my own toes you know, from this whole conversation. And, and the reality, here's the devastating part. The devastating part is it's not, we're not just doing this to one another. We, we are trying to do this to God. That's the devastating part. Many of us in this room and listening to me would say, I trust God. And I would say to you, trust has layers. How do you trust God? Many of you would say, I, I trust that God is real. I trust that God created everything. I, I trust that God is all powerful. Right? I, I trust that God formed all of this from the beginning. And you would go, yes, amen, pastor. But then I would say, but do you trust God that he made you perfect? I'm not talking about in the womb and in the birth and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about the way you are right now, like who you are. Is God enough that he actually made you perfect? Or is it that when you look into the mirror, you don't like what you see? Like, can you trust God for who you are? You can trust God for who he is, but can you trust God for who you are? That's a whole nother level of trust. It's one thing to say, God, you are real. It's another thing, it's a whole nother level of trust to say, God, you made me. And when you made me, you made me perfect. See, that's the level of trust I want to talk about. That's where I want to take us today. I want to take you to a place where we talk about what, what real trust in God looks like. Because real trust in God, meaning that that kind of trust that allows you to be content with who God made you. Content with where God has you. Content with your status, content with your image, content with, are are you content with who God says you are and where he has you? That's real trust. That's going to affect something that's going to affect your security or it's going to make you insecure, depending on how you answer that question. So I want to help you see how insecurity is directly connected to your trust in God. And I want to help you take your relationship with God to a much deeper level of trust And lastly, I want to help you destroy insecurity and give you a new lease on life. I don't know about you, but what if those things could happen? I just think this, that would be a great day. That would be a beautiful day. If I could really learn, like, God, what's driving this insecurity and how could I be more secure in you? I I guarantee you, I'd be a healthier person, amen? 
And that's what I want for all of us. So let's jump into a passage of Scripture. It's going to be the only passage of Scripture that we're in today. It's Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 8. It will be on the screens. But if you have your, if you got your, your, your phone on you and you've got your Bible app open, then I'm going to encourage you, go to that passage of Scripture, okay? Because we're going to be there all morning long, and it's going to benefit you to have that, okay? So go to Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 8. We're going to read it. Then we're going to break it down. So here's what it says. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in, watch this, mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They're like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabitable, salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the the Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So I, don't wanna, I just want to look at that passage and I want to look at it through the lens of insecurity. Insecurity is what forces you to end up trusting in mere human strength. Remember how it started there? Mere human strength. You'll end up trusting in that when insecurity is in your life. Because here's what insecurity does. Insecurity forces you to grab a hold of your own wisdom, your own experience, your own past, your own accomplishments, and for you to use those things to navigate today and navigate the future. That's, mere, that's your mere human strength. And when you, as me, right, with all of us, as human beings, when we gravitate to trusting in what we can do, what we can control, and what we can decide, then what, the, what that verse says is that this, this is what happens. We turn our back on, we turn our back on God. Because you can't love self and love God. You cannot trust yourself and, and put your trust in self and put your trust in God at the same time. You can't do it. That's not possible. It's ludicrous and it's crazy to think that's even possible. Let me show you how crazy it is. How many of you guys know that I've got an incredible wife? Her name's Kim. We've been married for 36 years and I am blessed to have Kim. How many of you guys know that? You guys know that? I totally agree, by the way. So watch how crazy this is. What if I got up here next week and I introduced you and I said, hey, I want to introduce you to another wife that I have. And I trust her, and I love her just as much as 36 years of loving and trusting my wife. How crazy would that be? Now, by the way, nobody, nobody take this out of context and clip this and put it on the internet. (laughs) Don't do that. You're mean if you do that. All right? Don't do it. But how crazy. That would be ludicrous. What would you do? I mean, how would you respond to that? Right? I mean, you, you would revolt. You would like be like, we're kicking him out. He's gone off the deep end. He's loony. He's nuts. But guys, I'm telling you, as crazy as that sounds, it's equally as crazy to say, I trust God. But all the evidence of your life shows that, no, you really put trust in self. Because here's the thing. You, you, can't, you can't love both. You can't, you can't have one eye on, on self and one eye on God. Like, we're duping ourselves. One of the greatest deceptions of Christianity is that, yes, I trust God, but the evidence of my life is, no, it's all that I trust in myself. And we just sit around and we pat each other on the back for that. And we're like, way to go, man. Way to buckle it up. Way to take care of the, the difficult stuff. And we allow each other to live a lie 
right in front of our faces that I should be trusting in God, but no, instead, I'm trusting in self. And here's what happens. We, we literally live this life, we're blinded by it. You're blind to it. Most of our insecurity, you can't see. I, I can't see my, my insecurity often. Normally, you, you only see your insecurity when everything blows up, and if it blows up, and you're you have the fortitude to see it, God bless you, but many people go from one bad situation to another bad situation to another bad situation. Insecurity is what's driving them and they don't even see it. We're typically blind to our own insecurity. Insecurity will put you in a situation where it's like you can't read your, your surroundings. You don't realize that what you're doing is causing more harm and more damage. You don't realize that really what you're doing is you're pushing the very people that you need away from you. You, you, you really, you just can't see it. You're, you're blinded to it. And that's what insecurity does. It blinds you to reality. So you can't see that your actions are doing harm. You, you can't see that you're living in deception. And, and you just, you can't see, you just can't see the reality of what's happening. You can't see where you actually are. And that's exactly what our passage says in verse 6. It says this. In uh, Jeremiah 17, 6, it says that they are like, say those three words with me, they are like, all right? So they're, they're not this, but this is what they look like, okay? So they don't even know this about themselves, but this is what they are like. They are like those people that don't put their trust in God, they put their trust in themselves, that they're really like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They'll, they'll live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabitable, salty land. They are like, insecurity will always cause you to, to do this. I'm amazing, but you're not. You're really like a stunted shrub in the desert. Yeah, but I'm so smart, but no, but really you're not. Like, you think you are, but you're really like something else. Everyone else can see it. Everyone else could see, everyone else knew. You're out of place. And that's what insecurity does for your life. It puts you in this place where you can't see it, right? So there you are, and you think you're so wise, but you're not. And what are you really like? You're like a stunted shrub in the desert. You think you're incredible. You think you're this massive tree. You think you're this life-giving thing. You, you think you're, you're everything. You think that everybody thinks you're amazing, but you're completely wrong and out of place, and you can't read the room because your insecurity has blinded you, and you're really like a stunted shrub. Insecurity stunts you. It keeps you from God's best in your life. Insecurity stunts your heart for God. Insecurity will stunt your relationships. Insecurity, it stunts your influence. Insecurity will always hold you back from God's very best. And when we look at verse 6, when you continue to look at it, insecurity will cause you to live in a particular place. Where is it that says that those who put their trust in themselves instead of trusting God, where does it say that they're going to live? They're going to live where? In a barren wilderness. Isn't that what insecurity does? Insecurity causes you to push the, the people you need the most away from you. It causes you to be threatened by the people that could be your greatest assets and greatest allies. Those people that have some amazing talents and abilities. But when they start to outshine you, insecurity causes you to push them away from you. You end up in a barren wilderness. Insecurity even starts to cause you to blame everyone else for your pain, right? your pain for your loneliness. I lived this in Alaska. I, I know exactly the effects of this barren wilderness. Uh, I was on staff at a church. I've told you some of this before, but 
the pastor, uh, had been wounded by many different people. I love this man. Wounded by many different people. And uh, that caused him to start to be threatened by anybody that had any kind of talent or gift and that could grow any kind of ministry because he thought that as you grew a ministry, that ministry would turn against him because, well, that's what's happened in the past. And so that's how I ended up here because I got let go from there. And when I got let go from there, then a number of things happened to him. And I watched this man go from being the lead pastor at a very, very good large church to a man that was barren in the wilderness and wasn't even in ministry for a season of time. And all of it came from his insecurity. And, and I, watched, I watched how insecurity led him to an island by himself. And that's what insecurity will do to you. It will eventually cause you to be on an island by yourself. It will push a spouse away. It will push children away. It will, it will push employees away. It, it will push people that, that could be your greatest allies away from you. You'll end up on an island by yourself. And while you're on the island by yourself, you still don't see your insecurity. And anybody else that shows up on the island, you're insecure about them. It's a dangerous place to be. So what I tried to do in my life is I've tried to reverse that. Because I experienced it and I saw it, Kim and I, we decided, look, let's, let's try to do something with our kids. Let's tell our kids, let's reinforce in our kids, let's speak into our kids these words. Kids, we want you to be better than us. Now, that's pretty easy for parents. Kids, we want you to be greater than us. But what I mean by that is this. And when, I, when I was 25, I want, I want my kids to be better than me, greater than me when I was 25. I want to see them succeed. And I don't, want, I don't need that success just so that I look good, but I will have to admit, there were seasons and times in, all, in the midst of all of that where them succeeding was part of my security or insecurity. We get a lot of our identity wrapped up in our kids' parents, and that can be an unhealthy thing too, right? And so when our kids fall flat on their face, we take it on ourselves, we're insecure, but now we're thinking like, now people are going to look at us, they're going to think we're bad parents. When our kids succeed, then we look upon ourselves like, wow, we did a great job, because of our insecurity, we want people to hear about the great things our kids do so that they think great things about us. Oh, man, it's a wicked lie. It is a wicked place, insecurity is. And it just, it just weaves this thing. But that's what we want. And now, look, I'm beyond 50. I, I mean, I want my kids to be, like, excelling better than me. I want them to know Jesus more, love Jesus more, make a greater impact with their life, let their life make a greater influence for the kingdom of God beyond me. That's what I want. And I hope that's what you want as well. Let the focus be on that. Let the focus be not on the material you know, wealth of them being better than you, although I don't know that there's anything wrong with that, but may their spiritual impact be better than yours. That's one thing. The other thing is, like here, as a leader with staff around me, I'm not, I, I, I don't get this right all the time, but in the core of my heart, I know one thing. I really do want the pastors on our team to be better pastors than me. And I can already say this to you, that many of them are. And I'm good with that. I want them to succeed. I want them to have dreams. And if we can f facilitate that dream here, let's facilitate that dream. And if that dream also causes them to, you know, go and, and be something else, whatever that is, then let's, let's get behind that. Let's support it in whatever, in whatever capacity um, that we can, you know, when we sense, like, God, you're in it and you're moving them. Let's just do it. I don't get it right all the time. I've fallen flat on my face and I've blown it. But I'm just telling you, in the core of my heart, that's what I want. And I love it when Pastor Chris gets up here and he preaches, and the next Sunday I'm out of town or something on another campus, and I come back, and someone catches me in the lobby, and they're like, hey, did you hear that message from Pastor Chris? Like, that was incredible. Like, I just, I just go, yeah, you better believe it, man. Like, 
Yeah, it ought to be. Like, he's incredible. So I love that. I love when people come up to me like, Pastor Dave, such a great leader. I love that. I love it when I'm out in North Platte or Ogallala and somebody from one of those campuses go, hey, Pastor Jeff, I love you, but I really love our campus pastor. Pastor Tyler or Pastor West and their wife, like, I, I love them. Like, I, I get a lot of joy out of that. I really do, because I, re- I recognize that, man, if we have great team members and they're excelling, guess what's happening at our church? We're making a greater impact than what one guy can make. Because the opposite of that is insecurity, and insecurity will cause every single one of those stories to be just the opposite and cause you to push other people down. Oh, Pastor Chris preached a great message? Well, sheesh, they don't say that about me. I'm never going to have him preach again until I feel better about myself. Pastor Dave's a great leader. Well, that, okay, well, man, I'm going to take him out of certain leadership positions because I, I need people to see me, right? Oh you, oh, you love Pastor Tyler more? Oh, okay, okay, well, watch this. He's no longer your campus pastor. Take that, right? Like, that's insecurity. That's insecurity at work. So what's the solution? What is the solution? Well, the solution to insecurity that brings security in Christ is found in our next two verses, verses 7 through 8. It says this, verse 7, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. That's awesome. For they're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Look, church, I'm telling you, there is incredible security when we truly trust in the Lord, but not just trust that he exists, but trust that he is with you, that he made you perfect, that he is in complete control. And when you can take that trust and turn it into also hope in God and the confidence of God, guess what you have? You've got a trifecta antidote that combats insecurity. That's what trust, hope, and confidence in the Lord does. It combats insecurity, and it causes you to grow in your security in Christ. That's what it does. Look at verse 8. What does it do? Watch what it does. Here's what it does. It causes you, because you're the tree. Okay? It does four things. The tree, its roots go deep, and its roots go into something. What does the roots go into? The Bible says the roots go into the water. Who is the water? Christ is the water. Jesus is the water. You're the tree. When you take the roots of your life and you take them deep into who Christ is and you find your identity in Christ, now guess what can happen? Now you can stand healthy, right? And then number two, what did it talk about? It said this, that you can, you can withstand the droughts. I'm just going to tell you, at 53 years old, here's one of the realities I know now more than ever before, okay? My light is dwindling. And as my light dwindles, as the drought of what I used to be able to do and accomplish dwindles, Look, if I'm insecure, no one can outshine me. That's going to be a bad day. There's droughts that happen in our lives where there are seasons where you've got everything. You've got all the resources. You've got all of the leadership. You've got all the people that you need. Things are rocking and rolling. And then there are seasons of drought. And in those seasons of drought, we tend to become most insecure. But in the season of drought, here's what we, need, here's what we recognize. That if we are rooted and planted in Christ, and if my identity is found in who Jesus says I am instead of what you say I am, or he says, or she says I am, or social media says I am, if I'm rooted in Christ and my, my foundations in his word and what he says I am is who I am, then I'm telling you right now that when you go through the seasons of doubt, you can celebrate someone else's rainfall. You can't celebrate someone else's rainfall in your season of drought unless you know who you are in Christ and you're, you're firmly rooted in that. Because I guarantee you, in your season of drought, all the attention will be upon you and not upon them. It also said this, 
that, look, they can, they can withstand any heat that comes. That was the third thing in that scripture. Doesn't matter how hot it gets, they can withstand it. I'm going to tell you right now, life gets hot. There are some moments when the heat gets turned up and you get seared. You get burnt by someone else. And when we get burnt by other people, that tends to cause us to become insecure. And we're no longer now going to trust anyone. I'm putting trust in self. And when I put trust in self, I have to turn my back on God when the heat gets turned up. And a lot of us, the heat gets turned up and we wither and we die. And God says this, when the heat gets turned up, you'll stand strong. Why? Because you're rooted in the truth. Your roots go deep into who I am. You've got a piece of my heart living inside of you. And when the heat gets turned up, it might singe. It might, it might kind of hurt a bit. A couple of leaves might get damaged. But for the most part, you're going to be standing firm so that the fourth thing can happen. Here's what happens. It doesn't matter whether there's a drought or the heat comes. What does it say about a person who's securely rooted in Christ? They continue to produce green leaves and they keep bearing fruit all year long. Church, that's what God's called you to do. God's called you to be a person who's bearing fruit all year long on the good days and on the bad days, on the difficult seasons and on the good seasons, right? And it's not just that, hey, everything's going good and we're giving away things and we're being generous and we're tithing and we're kingdom builders or we're building this or we're helping that person or my kids are thriving and everything's going great. And so look at me. No, it's like when all those things are going good, we, we got, we're so firmly rooted, we recognize all of those things happen because God is good. Not because I'm good, but because he is good. And when everything goes south and we're going through a difficult season and my kids are, you know, walking away from the Lord and, you know, it's difficult to pay the bills and, you know, it's, it's difficult to, to trust in God and, and all those kind of things, then is it me or is it just the fact I'm going through a difficult season? And can I still put my trust in God? See, that, that's what God's called us to do. That's what this verse is driving home. It's saying this, the, the secure person finds their identity in Christ, lets their roots go deep, they read God's word, they're, they're in prayer, they're in fellowship with other believers, they know who they are. Why? Because the droughts and the heat are going to come. And God says, secure people keep producing fruit. And I, I just know this, if you want to be involved in the kingdom of God, God's expectation is that you keep producing fruit. What does that mean? You keep sharing joy, even in difficult seasons. You build others up, even in your worst season. You bring life to others when, they're going th when you're going through your worst. You keep your eyes focused on the fact that it doesn't matter whether I'm on the top of the mountain or I'm in the lowest valley, the mission's still the same, that Christ be magnified, Christ be glorified, and the kingdom of God grows. And the only way you can do that is when you're securely rooted in Christ, you trust that God made you and God has you right where he wants you to be. He's made no mistake. God is good. God's in control. God's got your back. Can you trust that? Because if you can't trust that, you can never be rooted. And when the difficult times come, you're not, you're not going to be life-giving. You're going to be so insecure that it's all going to be about you. And you're not going to be the person that God wants you to be. So let me just finish it by saying this. Trust God. Believe that God made you perfect. I, actually, I want you to believe that God has his best for you. Put, put your hope in God. He's got you. Right? He's got your back. He's going to see you through on this one. Uh, put, put your confidence in God, that he's good, that he's faithful, that he's powerful, and that his power is at work in your life. Trust God. Put your hope in God. Put your confidence in God. It's the trifecta antidote that works against insecurity, and it causes you to be secure in Christ. Let go today. 
Let go today of trusting in mere human strength. It, is the, it, is, it, it creates this festering soil that allows insecurity to grow. Trust in God today. Right? Trust in God today, and it changes the soil of your heart so that the security of Christ can grow and the roots of, of, of your life can grow deep into God and his word, and you can be fed from him. And when you look into the mirror tomorrow, you can say, God, thank you. Thank you for making me me. Help me, God, to maximize your mission for my life on this earth. And guys, that, that's where all of us want to live. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning for a favorite message from Pastor Jeff Baker at New Life. If you'd like to hear this message again or more like it, check out Heard On Air on the MyBridge Radio app or online at mybridgeradio.net.